0: Well, let's go back to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And uh, just kind of want to share how God kind of spoke to my heart through this passage and why this theme of continue. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll begin reading in verse number 10. And of course, um, what we'll begin doing is on Sunday mornings, we'll begin going through the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, on Sunday mornings. And uh, as I mentioned before, we'll finish up the book of Ephesians, but we'll be doing that on Sunday nights, uh, but we'll be starting uh, the book of Second Timothy here Sunday mornings. But Second Timothy chapter three, notice in verse number 10. He says, "But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured?" But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You ever notice that word before? Notice that verse before? He says, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we study your word. And Lord, even this year, as we have this new theme of continue. Uh, Lord, it's, to me, it's such an important theme. Uh, Lord, we need to continue. We need to press forward. We need to keep moving for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that you would use this passage to speak to our hearts and Lord, even as a church, that we would get on board with this theme of continue and whatever, Lord, whatever you would speak to a person's heart this morning in an area of their life that they need to keep moving forward and that they need to continue in, not to give up, but to keep pushing forward and to keep uh, growing and whatever that might be, Lord, I pray that you would, you would work. And Lord, our heart's desire this year would be co- to continue for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Father, bless now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice three things. uh, Really, why Paul says to continue here in this passage, right? He says in verse number fourteen, "But continue thou." And again, that word "but" there means it's a conjunction. In other words, there's there's he's there's a reason why he's saying this. He's listed some things, and he says, "But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned." He says, "This is what is happening. These are some things that are happening." But here's what I want to encourage you to do: you keep going. You keep going. You keep going, you continue, continue on, right? What do we need to continue in? Notice, first of all, we need to continue in faith. We must continue in faith. He says, but continue thou in the things that thou hast learned, and hast been assured of knowing whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Can I say this morning, we need to continue in faith. We need to continue in faith, continue growing in Jesus Christ. May I say the most important truth that we can know that the Bible teaches is salvation. The most important truth that we can know is salvation. And notice what does he say here, right? He says in verse 15 that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Here's the wonderful truth that I believe God gives here. Salvation is simple enough for a child to understand. Aren't you glad? Salvation is simple enough for a child to understand. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Here was a young Timothy, and at a, as a young age, and we'll, we'll go back and we'll read about uh, how it was his grandmother and his mother that had such an impact in Timothy's life that brought him to the Lord. Right. Look, I, I understand how important you know, two-parent homes are and things like this, but please don't, don't ever make the excuse, well, I'm, I'm in a single-parent home, and so it's just not going to work. Hey, here was Timothy from, a, from a, chi- a child. Yes, he had a father, but his father cared nothing about God. It was his mother and his grandmother that influenced him to come to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and then to grow spiritually in his life. Can I tell you, grandparents, you have no idea the influence you have in your grandchildren. You have such profound influence. You know why? You you know what you need to do? You need to keep continue. You need to keep having that influence in their life, right? And this is what he's saying. Man, we must continue in faith. Man, our salvation is important. But look what he says back up in verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine my doctrine. Paul says, Timothy, you you know, you know what I've preached. You know what I've taught. It's simple. When we think about the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that there is nothing that you can do to save yourself, friend. It is only what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. And it is when you are willing to turn from yourself to think that you can do it, And to turn from your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, he says, you can be saved. And that's why Jesus says, if we don't come with childlike faith, we cannot be saved. You see, this doctrine that we have, this faith that we have is vital. Look, it's important that we continue preaching salvation is by grace through faith. Because there's many religions that do not. They teach a work salvation. They teach that salvation, well, if you just become a member of our church, or if you just get baptized, or if you're just a good person, you'll be able to go to heaven. No, friend, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what he says. We have to continue in faith. We'll, We'll begin going through this as Paul speaks about this through the book of 2 Timothy, how important it is to continue in our faith. But may I say, secondly, not only are we to continue in faith, but we must continue through persecution, I want you to notice what he says here in verse number 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. In verse number 12, again, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Paul says we need to continue through persecution. And it's interesting that Paul lists these three cities. If you hold your place here in 2 Timothy And go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 13. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, we don't have time to read, but you will find these three cities that Paul is speaking about in Acts, chapter 13 and Acts, chapter 14. In Acts, chapter 13, this Antioch that he's speaking of is not the Antioch that he was sent from as a missionary. There were two Antiochs, right? The Antioch that he is referring to is called Antioch of Pisidia. This is, a, 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 it was a same name, but in a different location. This was up kind of in the, uh, uh, what was called Asia Minor at the time, or kind of where Greece is at this, at this or excuse me, not Greece, but Turkey is, right? And so you have Antioch, you have Iconium, and you have Lystra, and again, just very briefly, if I can just kind of share kind of what happened. It says in, in Acts chapter 13, uh, you can read about Paul going into uh, Antioch and Pisidia in verse number 14. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So they're going into Antioch here and they're they're preaching. And uh, and again, things are people are listening. But what begins to happen? Uh, it says in verse um, uh, if you go down to verse number 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. So as people started listening to the word of God and people started listening to what Paul was saying that salvation is only in Jesus Christ and, and they started believing, these other religious leaders, these other people began to get upset and they began to to start to Contradict, And they started to persecute Paul and those that are with him until finally, if you read, it says, then Paul and Barnabas, they waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing he put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, we turn to the Gentiles. And for so the Lord commanded us saying, I've set thee to be a light of the Gentiles that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they glorified the word of the Lord. As many as were ordained to eternal life believed. The word of the Lord was published throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Man, here they're seeing God do some great things. People are getting saved and people are turning to Jesus Christ, but those that were there in Antioch didn't like it. And the Bible says they brought persecution and drove them out, they expelled them from their city. They didn't like what they were hearing. So they drove him out. Well, what happens? Well, then from Antioch, they go to Iconium. In chapter number 14, it says, And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also the Greeks, believed. So here they come to Iconium, and they go in and they start preaching, and people are starting to listen. Well, what happens? Notice. In verse number four, but when the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles, and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe. So think about it. Here again, they come to Iconium and, and all they're doing is preaching the gospel. They're trying to, to help people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But the people that were there, they didn't like it. They didn't want to hear that Jesus was the only one that could save. And so it became so bad that they started talking about stoning Paul and Barnabas. They wanted to stone them. And so what happened? They ended up having to leave the city again. So they've been driven out from from Antioch and Pisidia. They've been driven out now from Iconium. And they come to Lystra. Now they're in Lystra. In verse number 8, it says, There were certain men at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who'd never had walked. The same heard Paul speaking, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be, to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. That's, that's amazing. Paul and Barnabas are there, and there's this man that's been, uh, he's been lame. And, and Paul is listening there. He, he, this man calls out to Paul and he says, hey, you know, You can be healed. And and Paul heals this man. And he he stands up on his feet and he starts walking. This man that had been lame before. God does a miracle through the Apostle Paul. In fact, so much so that the people here at Lystra basically say Paul and Barnabas are gods. That's what happens. They're saying, hey, this has never happened before. Paul and Barnabas must be the gods come down in human form. And so they actually started calling them Mercury. Mercury. Right? They started calling him the names of their gods. Right, you can, you can read that throughout here. Jupiter and Mercury. And Paul and Barnabas are saying, Hey, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We're not gods. We're not gods. We're just, we're just men. But we want to tell you about the God. We want to tell you about the true God. Sounds pretty good, man. Things are going well. well what happens? I mean, they've just been, basically, they've just been proclaimed gods. But watch what happens. Notice... It says in uh, verse uh, verse number 18, And when these sayings scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them, and there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. This time it wasn't just a threat. This time they did it. They've been following Paul. They've been hearing what Paul had been saying. They didn't agree with it. And they finally took him. And the Bible says they stoned Paul. They took him outside of the city of Lystra. And they took those rocks that they had. And they stoned him. In fact, they stoned him. And people thought he was dead. Hey, we've got rid of our problem. This guy's not going to be preaching anymore. We've got rid of the problem that we had. He is now dead. It says they stood round about him thinking he was dead. What are we going to do now? Well, Paul's dead. But this is what's amazing. In verse number 20, it says, As the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day departed with Barnabas to Derbe. So here's Paul. He Man, everybody thinks he's dead. Many scholars and people believe that he died and that God resurrected him. Well, whatever the case, the Bible says that Paul stood back up He's alive again, right? I mean, now think about it. He's been persecuted in Antioch. He's been persecuted in Iconium. They talked about stoning him in Iconium. He's come to Lystra. They persecute him again. And finally, they actually do stone him. I mean, this is is a progressive thing. Now you think Paul's probably thinking, you know what, maybe this is time to call it quits here. Maybe it's time just to pull back and say, wait a minute, maybe this isn't the right thing. I mean, in Antioch, Man, they they didn't want me. They drove me out In, in Iconium. They talked about stoning me. They drove me out in Lystra. They did stone me and left me for dead. Maybe this isn't worth it. But notice what happens in verse number 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, watch what happens. They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Isn't that interesting? Every single place that Paul had been where they persecuted him, after he was stoned, guess what he did? He went right back to every single one of those places. He went back to Lystra, he went back to Iconium, he went back to Antioch, and what was he doing? Preaching the gospel. Now look, I'm going to have to be very honest with you this morning. If that would have been me and I would have been in Antioch and they drove me out and I would have come to uh, Iconium and they drove me out and they talked about killing me and then they, I come to Lystra and they actually take stones and they stone me to death and, and man, I'm, I'm probably dead and all of a sudden I raise back up and, and I've got cuts and bruises and I've got to pull myself out of this rock pile. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I'd go back to Lystra and preach again. They just stoned me. I think I'd be like, you know what? You're on your own. You know what? (laughs) If that's how you're going to treat me, I got better places to be. There's other places I could be. You know, there's other people that would enjoy my company. I don't think I'm going to go back there. What happens? He goes back to the very same places that persecuted him. Why? This is what Paul is saying. Continue through persecution. Hey, look, friend, if you're a Christian and you're living for Jesus Christ, this is what Paul is saying in verse number 12. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If we are living the way God wants us to live, can I tell you something? There is going to be persecution come. Now, can I just, can I just ask you a question for a minute? And please, I'm not, I'm not asking if anybody's ever threatened to stone you or anything like that. right? But I wonder... How much persecution have we received as Christians? I wonder in your life, if you're a Christian here this morning, in your life, I wonder how much persecution you've received. Wait a minute, what did Paul say? He said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Could it be that the reason why we're not being persecuted is we've seen, hey, it's, it's not always easy to live for Jesus. It's not always the easiest thing to follow Jesus Christ and do what he wants. And so instead of, you know, instead of just kind of pushing the limits here, instead of you know, even getting close to persecution, we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do some of the rituals that we're, we know we're supposed to do. You know, we'll come to church and we'll have our Bible, but you know, anything beyond that... Um, you know, I'm pretty comfortable here, you know, living my, living my Christian life within the church building with the church family. Hey, that's pretty simple to do. But what about living your Christian life at work? What about living your Christian life in your neighborhood and among your friends? Are we willing to do that? Because Paul is saying, look, if we're truly going to live for Jesus Christ, there is going to be persecution, Look, it's not like we're just waving a flag that says, find me persecution, right? Hey, I'm, I'm here, persecute me. No, 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 that's, that's not what we're doing. But he's saying if we're truly going to live for Jesus Christ, there will be some persecution that comes. I'm not saying you're going to be threatened to be stoned to death, but I think when we think about it, the reason why so many Christians in America are not suffering persecution don't really know what persecution is, and it's not because we live in America, it's because we're not living for God the way we should. Oh, I'm thankful that we live in a country where we're free to assemble, and yes, we don't have to be afraid of people arresting us while we're here in church. That's true, and we can be thankful for that. And I tell you, the reason why we don't really experience persecution is we're just not living for God the way we should. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, I want to encourage you, continue thou in the things that thou hast learned. Keep going even through persecutions. And this is what Paul said. Persecutions, afflictions, all these things came upon me, but out of them all, what did he say? The Lord delivered me. The Lord delivered me. He said, through all of those things that I went through, God was right there with me. God never forsook me. God was always there with me. Can I tell you, friend? If you'll be faithful to follow God, He's going to be right there with you all the whole time. Every step of the way, He's going to be right there. Continue through persecution. And then may I say continue through false doctrine. Look what He says in verse number 13. Back in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Notice what He says in verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Can I say we need to continue through false doctrine? You better know what you believe. You better know what you believe. You know what's sad is that many times we we can hold this book up, and, and, and I could say this morning. How, please don't raise your hands right now, but I could say, how many of you believe this, this book right here is the word of God? And no doubt in my mind, probably every single person's hand here would go up. We believe this is the word of God. We believe that's God's word, right? And then I would say, well, what does the Bible say about this? Um, well, I, I, think, I think somewhere in the Bible it says something about that right? Now, wait a minute. We say we believe this is the Word of God, but the problem is we don't know it. We don't know the Word of God. I, I find it very interesting the way that um, they train bank tellers to be able to tell uh, a, a fake note. It's fascinating, right? I, my, my sister worked for a, a bank for a while, and she was telling me about this, and she said the way that they, te- they, they train tellers to, to Be able to tell a fake note when they touch it is this. They never let them touch a fake note. They never let them touch a fake note. In their training and all that they're doing when they're starting, every note that they touch is a real note. Every one is real. There is no fake one. And they they get used to feeling the real one, and they feel the real one, and they feel the real one, and they feel the real one day after day after day after day, week after week after week. And then when a fake one comes through, they immediately recognize hey, this one's fake. It's fake. Well, how did you know? Because it's not real. It's not like the real one. Isn't that interesting? They don't give them all the fake ones and try to say, well, this is how you tell. No, no. They just give them the real ones. They give them the real notes and they make sure that they know what the real one is. You know why we don't know what real or what false doctrine is? Is because we don't know what true doctrine is. We don't know what the truth of the Word of God is. The reason why so many Christians are able to be deceived by false doctrine is because they don't know what the real one is. They don't spend time in the Word. The real Word. They'll watch YouTube. They'll watch somebody's Instagram page or they'll read a book that this person wrote, but they never get in the word. And friend, can I tell you, when you are not handling the real thing, you will not know what is false and what is real. Look, I'm not against, you know, reading somebody's book or anything like that, but we have have opted to do all of these things instead of getting in the word of God. We have been led to be deceived that you can't understand it. Let somebody else teach it to you. Friend, that is a lie. Get in the word of God and you study it. You get in it. You study. This is God's word to you and to me. And this is what Paul is saying. You better continue in the word. That's why he says in verse number 16, just a second, just a second later, he says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. That means it's something good for us and we better get in it. It's amazing to me how many Christians are are able to be deceived by false doctrine. And here's the reason why it's because they haven't been handling what is real. They haven't handled what's real. Can I tell you this this morning? If you will get in the Word of God and you will study the Word of God and you handle the real Word of God, it will not be hard to tell what is false. It's not hard to tell what's fake when you have what is real. You better know what you believe. And this is what he's saying here, right? He's saying evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hey, they they are trying to deceive you. Think about what Paul just went through. He was preaching the truth and what happened. People didn't like it and they came along and tried to deceive people and say, Hey, that's not the truth. Don't believe Paul. You better know what you believe. You better get in the word of God. You need to know it. If you aren't in the word, you'll never know if doctrine is true or false. Hey, why do you think I want you to take notes? Hey, you ought to, you ought to, you ought to take that notebook and you ought to start writing down the things that, that the pastor says up here and anybody that preaches up here. And then when you write it down, then you take it home throughout this week and you go back and you study and say, was that actually right? Was, was that really true? He, he used this verse right here to talk about salvation. Is that verse really talking about salvation? You know, he he said this right here. Is that really true? Does that line up with the Word of God? We've been led to believe, well, hey, if the pastor says it, it must be true. Look, friend, I I appreciate your vote of confidence, but that's a little too much. You've got to know the Word of God, and you've got to be able to study it so you know whether it's true or not. Look, as as long as, as... As much as in me is, I don't believe that I've ever taught any false doctrine, okay? To my knowledge, okay, I don't think I've ever taught false doctrine. But if I did, would anybody have known? If I would have said something that wasn't right, would anybody have called me out on it? Now, please, don't be like, stand up in church and be like, excuse me, pastor, I'm not sure if that's actually right or not. No, please don't do that, right? Uh, You know? After the service and the foyer, whatever, it was fine, but you know. But really, I mean, would we even say anything? Or would we just be like, well, that's what the pastor said, so it must be right, it must be true? Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. You better know what you believe. And by the way, you better know who's teaching you, you better know who you're being taught by. That's what Paul says here. The things that thou hast heard of me. That's what he tells Timothy. Look up here. But thou hast known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering charity. Again, think about it. He says, you've known these things of me. He He is setting the right example for Timothy and those around him. He says, you not only know the doctrine that I'm preaching, but you know who I am. Paul's not saying he's perfect, but he's saying, hey, look at the example that I've set. Look at at the example in doctrine, in word, in my purpose, in persecution. Hey, there was a desire for Paul to tell Timothy, hey, you continue. Why? Because Paul said, I've set the example to continue. You can follow my example. Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. Look, we better know who it is that's teaching us. Just because somebody has something really good on YouTube or pinterest or facebook or whatever social media thing you follow you better make sure that you know who they are anybody can say anything that sounds good but i've seen so many people led astray just because they heard something that sound good and they have got sucked into a cult and a false doctrine and now they can't hardly get out of it why because they didn't know the word of god they didn't know what the bible taught themselves and they didn't take the time to know who was teaching them. Watch what Timothy says. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul said, Timothy, I want you to know, you can, you can look at my life. You can look at the example that I've set. The doctrine that I've preached hasn't changed. The faith that I've lived, the life that I've lived for Jesus Christ hasn't changed. Not perfect, Timothy. But you can see, you can see my example. He says, now, Timothy, continue. Continue. Friend, can I tell you what we need more than anything else in our country today and in our society is Christians that are just willing to continue for Jesus Christ. Continue to give the gospel out. Continue to preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus Christ. Continue to grow. Continuing to help other people grow. We need Christians that are willing to continue and keep moving forward for Jesus Christ. We have so many that are just throwing in the towel, giving up. Well, it's not worth it. I don't want to do it anymore. Wait a minute. Friend, what did did Jesus Christ do for you? When you think about what Jesus Christ did for us, we have no excuse not to continue for Him. So this year, I want this to be our goal as, as a church and as a believer continue don't quit don't stop it may get hard there may be persecutions there may be trials you just continue through you make sure you know what god, god's word says you keep going you keep following jesus christ let's see what god will do in 2024 with their heads bowed and their eyes closed no one looking about this evening this morning every head bowed every eye closed I wonder if maybe there'd be somebody here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died where I'd spend eternity. I'm not sure. But I would like to know how I could be saved. Friend, can I tell you, it has nothing to do with this church, it has nothing to do with a religion or being good or a baptism, but it has to do with God's Word. And God's Word said there's only one way for a person to be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. Friend, do you know for sure that you're saved? Do you know for sure, 100%, that if you died today, that you'd be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I, I don't know that I have that assurance. I don't know if I can say that this morning, Pastor. I'm not sure if I'm saved. And friend, would you be willing to just slip up your hand right now and put it right back down? Nobody's gonna come to you. I'm not gonna call you out, but I wanna pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Just slip it up and put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Pastor, would you pray for me? And Christian, can I ask you, are you willing to continue this year? Continue continue. Don't give up. Don't put it aside. Don't quit. You continue. You keep going in your faith. You keep growing. You keep letting God use your life. You keep going through the persecution. You keep going when things get hard. You just keep going. You continue. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, Lord, help me this year. I want to continue. Lord, I I want to be used of you. I want to do more for you in 2024 than I did last year and the year before. Lord, this year, I just want to be used of you. I want to continue for Jesus Christ.